Hi, this is Damon Pistolka, host of the Faces of Business podcast, where we talk to interesting people about life and business. We cover their backgrounds, obstacles they've encountered, and find out what drives them. Along the way, our guests share nuggets you can use to drive your success. Reach me directly, D-A-M-O-N at ExitYourWay.us, or check out our website, ExitYourWay.us, for more information. I hope you enjoy our show. All right, everyone. Thank you once again for joining us on Exit Your Way Live with me today. I've got Jordan Mendoza. Thanks for being here, Jordan. Hey, hey, everybody. Hope you all are doing well. Damon, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's awesome for us to finally get here and talk a little bit. You know, uh, honestly, we were talking before this, and we probably could have talked an hour and then got on live and talked for our time <laughs> as well. But um, it's awesome to get get you on, Jordan. I mean, I, I've uh, I don't I didn't go back and see when we actually connected, but um, it's been a while, and it's been cool to watch your progression over the last uh, you know year and a half or whatever it is that that uh, we've known each other on LinkedIn and see your audience grow. And then you start your podcast and how that changed what was happening. And really, you know, up until recently, and you're uh, voted, what was it, the, the third most influential uh, Filipino in on LinkedIn? Yeah, on LinkedIn for uh, inspiration and learning. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome, dude. That's awesome. So, I mean, let's just start there. I mean, did you ever think that in your life is that that would just happen to you? No, <laughs> absolutely not. No, no. I mean, I, I think uh, in school, I probably would have been the third most likely person not to ever get a job. You know, that probably would have been yeah, yeah. me in, in high school. So, yeah, to, to get that type of recognition by, uh, you know, a prestigious magazine marketing in Asia. I mean, that's it's, yeah. it's such an honor. I'm humbled. And, you know, my father's from the Philippines and. You know, I was very fortunate at 16 to be able to um, go to that beautiful country for the for the first time and and experience so much for for three months. You know, and yeah. and uh, you know, from landing in Manila and walking outside to the terminal and seeing so many people and vehicles, and they have these vehicles called jeepneys. They're like a a 20 25 passenger jeep and you know, a, a bunch of people came out and they were all related to me and I didn't know any of them, you know, so having an experience like that and meeting family for the first time in a, in a new world, you know, um, yeah. it was, uh, it was a culture shock for me, right. Going there. And, and then, you know, when you navigate through the city, it's, it's very similar to a standard city, but when you get outside of the city, the roads get a little smaller and yeah. then people are actually playing chicken with each, like vehicles to share the road. So if, if you, it's like, all right, well, who's going to go? And then you have to move over or they're going to, they're going to hit yeah. you, you know? And, and there are some farm animals that just are crossing, you know, so uh, it gets very treacherous. <laughs> and then, you know, we wow. actually had to take an eight hour journey from the airport to the village where my grandparents uh, lived. And uh, it was about only about 150 miles, but you can imagine, Damon, the terrain yeah. to have to take eight hours to eight get hours. there. And so you're, you're going, yeah, because you know, the, the island, you know, the, it's not that big. 
Yeah, no, I mean, we, we are you know, very, very far up north in Luzon. Luzon is the main is the main island where Manila yeah. is. But yeah, so eight hours north of there is where I went, you know. And so I get into this village and it was like, you know, a scene out of the jungle book, right? You know, the, those same types of trees and mangoes and all the all these fruits that I wasn't used to seeing, right? I, yeah. I didn't see this where I grew up in the Pacific Northwest. I grew up in Portland. Yeah. Um, and so it was, it was all a really, really cool experience, but I soon realized that, you know, these people didn't have a whole lot of money, but everybody was happy. You know, I, I learned that at 16 that like, man, these people are, they don't have much at all. You know, I could come with what I thought maybe five bucks and they're, they'd be so excited because they could get so much with that, you know? And so I, I learned a lot while I was there, especially getting back in going into the place where I, and, and I actually grew up really poor, but, uh, it didn't seem like it when I got, when I got back, you know? Yeah. So that was a, that was a really cool experience to, to have that. And so to get an honor like this, especially being able to go there. And I went again for a family reunion in 2003 and I got to meet, you know, 400 family members. Wow. You know, my grand, my grandma and grandpa both had, I think 13 and 14 brothers and sisters. And so, Wow. I mean, just tons and tons of, of family I got to meet then. And so, yeah, to get recognized uh, to be the, you know, top three, you know, for inspiration and learning. I mean, if I don't know who would not be honored by that, you know, it's yeah. and and I would never have guessed that that would be something that would happen ever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, So, yeah. Oh, that's cool, man. And it's a great story, too. It's, it is. And and I think. You, you bring up something that I think about a lot, and that is in our lives, we get so caught up about a lot of things, whether it's the car I drive from, am I good enough to, um, do I have the latest phone or, or, or I don't know, just all these kind of things. And when you really break it down, the family and friends, and just being healthy are, are, is, is so much farther than, than the rest of the world. And I think that's what they, um, that's what they, they really understand in some of these places where they don't have a lot of money. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I, I grew up on a farm in South Dakota. So picture this, it was a hundred miles, I think, to the, to the nearest mall. Yeah. And, you know, stoplights and stuff. And that it, it, at that point, we didn't have much money, but we never knew it. Never knew it. Never, it didn't cross our mind whether you had money or not, because you always had, you know, you had food, you had some clothes and you had your family. And that's really, I think, what what you may have seen. And, and it's. Yeah. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. Like, I mean, you know, I'll give you some context here. I mean, I, I show up and. The house is called an abagatan, and I, and I believe it's you know the the old house or something like that is what it's, yeah. it, the the translation is. But I get there and I'm like, hey, can I have a glass of water? You know, and they're like, yeah, you got to go outside to the pump and you take the glass and then you you know pump the water. And I was like, all right, this is all right, this is interesting. You know, so I go out and. I start doing it. And of course, I don't know if you've done that before, but yeah. the first time you do it, nothing happens, you know? And so I'm like, am I doing this right? And 
you do it a few times and then and then there's water you know so you're actually you got to work for it yeah work yeah. for the water um it doesn't taste great it didn't taste that great either coming straight from from the well yeah. like that but yeah i was like wow like this is different you know and then when when i found out the the shower system which was there was a bigger a big bucket and then there was a little bucket and then you took the little bucket and you scooped up some water from the big bucket and dumped it over your head right there. That was, yeah. the, that was the shower, you know? And so being able to experience things like that, you know, for me, I was 16, so I had been to summer camp, you know, so it kind of had that feel to it. Yeah. Like, you, yeah. like you were at camp, but, but this was their life. Like this is how they lived, you know, yeah. this is their livelihood. So, so yeah, when you get to experience some of those things, you you definitely become uh, grateful. It it changes your the, like the lens that you view life through, right? When you go through an experience like that. Yeah, yeah, that's so awesome. Yeah, I mean, just because the the family connection that you must must that must have built, and then being able to go back and reinforce it and build it even further, and and now you've got that. Yeah. That's very, very cool. Powerful, sure. That's very cool. But we've got uh, Kenneth is on here today. Good to see you, Kenneth. Kenneth, how are you, buddy? Yep, yep. And Andrew was on. My partner Andrew, he couldn't join us today. He was on earlier. And then we've got. I can't pronounce his name, but I can't pronounce his name, right. but it's good. good He's asking about your background. Um, I don't know what that is. Oh, back you talking about the, the toys behind me? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I've got you you know who this guy is, right? We've got Sean Alexander. Yep. You're right. Yep. Seattle's former Seahawks. I was there the, the, the putrid year that we lost. Yeah. And of course the kid. Yep. Yep. Jr. I've got some some um Michael Jordan. You know, I've got a bunch of collectibles. I've I've collected things for you know, cards, whether it's cards or like, you know, these type of figures behind me or sneakers, like those are hobbies that I've always had since I was in high school. So I will get them and then I'll sell stuff and then I'll get stuff. But a lot of the stuff behind me, I've had it for, for quite a while. So nice, nice. Yeah. And that's, that's one of the things you said you grew up in Portland. So, um, that's an interesting city for people that haven't been there. Um, it's uh yeah. it you know it's pretty as heck in the summertime the weather's really nice but but you know big basketball at the time yep. you were probably yep. there yeah big and, basketball city got yeah. Clyde, Clyde the glide behind me you know Clyde the glide yeah. there, so yeah those are those are the days that i really watched and you know went to a lot of games at the memorial coliseum with my grandmother and my mom you know watching terry porter Clyde the glide you know jerome kersey uh, Buck Williams, uh, Uncle Cliffy, you know, oh, some of these man. guys have you know, passed away, not, you know, in the recent years, Jerome Kersey, you know, but that, I yeah. mean, that was, that was the time when it was, you know, Blazer Mania, you know, Rip oh, City, yeah. um, you know, I, I don't know if you remember that they had a song and everything. So, oh, yeah. but uh, I was actually on the news. I think I was 11, maybe I was in front of the Fox theater and had my, uh, like a Blazer starter jacket on and, the news happened to be there and they interviewed me. And I was like, the blazers are neat. <laughs> That's all I said, you know? So uh, I had my chance at fame and, and I failed. So yeah, um, it's, all yeah. Good. it's all good. 
Andrew wants to know <laughs> if you know Mike Rice. Mike I'm, Rice. I I don't think so. I don't believe so. I don't know who Mike Rice is, so I couldn't help you there. <laughs> yeah, it's it is. I mean, I remember that in time because that had to be what year was that about when they were that they was were in the really, eight. Yeah, late 80s, 80s, 90, late 80s, 90s, 90s. Yeah, my yeah. roommate in college when he graduated, he moved to Portland and went to went to optometry school out here. And it was when it was at the peak of craziness. And uh, yeah. he used to tell me about that. And and I've had relatives that live there forever, but uh, yep. he he was he would go to a lot of games. So yeah, it's good yeah, stuff. That was, that was big in Portland. You know, my family was also big into wrestling, so Portland wrestling. Well, it was like, you know, the local wrestling and yeah. a lot of the guys like, like the rocks dad, yep. uh, he wrestled there, Rick flair, you know, um, Lex, Lex, Luth, Lex Luger, sting. A lot of these guys from before they got big, they yeah. all went through Portland wrestling. Um, yeah. so it was, it was kind of cool as a kid to like be there. I couldn't even see over the ring, you know, had to stand on a chair on somebody's shoulders, but I remember, you know, being there and just kind of walking through and, and uh, experiencing that as a kid, you know? Well, that's, that's funny you say that because growing up in the Dakotas, you know, we had the Minneapolis wrestling and that was big with what, wow. I can't remember the, the, the announcer guy was something, but I remember Hulk Hogan when he was just starting out, you know, and, and he had, you know, super, it, cause he was a freak when that started. Yeah. As, as big as he was at that time, but, Oh, okay. Here. This is Andrew says Jordan, uh, crazy Mike Rice, the announcer for the Blazers. Oh yeah. yes, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You had to say crazy. I, I wouldn't have yeah, wouldn't it, known it was crazy. Yeah, crazy Mike Rice. Yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, so that's cool. That's cool. The wrestling in there, and then uh, just being able to, uh, you know, understand what Seahawks football is like, and really yeah. what that's all about. I mean, it's yeah, yeah. my mom, you know, you know, she was big into into sports, you know, she, you know, I don't know if you know her story, but she she was born with one lung. And so, like, you know, when she was born in 1958, the doctors basically said, you know, hey, listen uh, to my grandmother. She's probably not going to live past 18. She definitely won't have any kids like that was kind of the, the hand that she got dealt. And uh, she ended up, of course, you know, finishing high school in Portland, you know, in uh, 76. Of course, the Blazers win in 77. They win the championship. So she was, you know, 18, 19 when that was happening. She's been a Blazers fan ever. You know, she was a Blazers fan back then, you know. And um, and so she got us all into sports. And, you know, even though she had one lung, she didn't live and, you know, look at it as this ailment. She still made sure that she took care of us. You know, we yeah. didn't have a whole lot. We, we were definitely poor, you know, food, yeah. I remember using food stamps as currency, you know, that wasn't mm -hmm. an exciting thing to do, but you, you had to do it and yeah. collecting cans if we wanted candy, you know, yeah. doing all those things. But, you know, those experiences, I think, you know, they, uh, as I got older and started actually making money and seeing the value of what it was worth, it was like, wow, I don't, I don't really need a whole lot to, you know, I don't, yeah. I don't need a, I don't need a whole lot. You know, I just kind of can can live and and when you can learn that mindset, I think at um, at a young age, it definitely helps you uh, as you move down the road. You know, yeah. um, 
but uh but yeah she was big into sports blaze blazer you know fan of course and seahawk fan yeah. oregon duck fan i mean you know th- those were her those were her teams and and she she was loud and proud and um you know got us all into into playing sports i i actually preferred to like do the fundraising over the playing you know yeah. when it came to baseball and soccer because i i just like talking to people ever since i was little so i'd rather do the sales and and I'd be kind of just picking the weeds and looking for stuff in the sky when I was playing, you know, I wasn't really paying attention to the, to the game. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. And that's, that's, that's great that, you know, the example that your mom set is something I'm sure, you know, will stay with you forever and you'll pass that on to your children as well. Yeah. hundred percent. And yeah, uh, just your strength, man. And, you know, positivity and being optimistic and, and, you know, she, she lived to be 54, you know? And so, you know, they said 18, she said, skip that. I'm just going to, you know, I'll show yeah. you. And she ended up having five boys. She wasn't supposed to have any kids, you know? So, I mean, all of these things are just, you know, miracles in their own right. And then, you know, and so yeah. before she passed away, I got to meet, um, you know, most of her grandkids, of course, we've had more since then Yeah, yeah. Uh, as well. But, um, but yeah, man, she just, you, you learn a lot, right? People, yeah. people leave clues, right? And some yeah. are good, some are bad. And we get to choose which ones we're going to follow. But, you know, if, if I want to say who had the biggest impact, it's definitely, it's definitely my mom, you know, I actually didn't meet my dad yeah. until I was 12, you know? Okay. And so that was a, that was a whole crazy journey and experience. One day my mom says, Hey, do you want to go out to Washington DC and meet your dad? And I was like, um, I don't like, I don't know. I don't know what to, to say. Yeah. Of course I said yes. And uh, so I flew, you know, by myself from Portland to Minneapolis, St. Paul. I remember it like it was yesterday yeah. from there to Washington national airport. And I land and um, there's my dad and my stepmom and my brother that I didn't know, never, never met before. And I'm meeting these people for the first time. And so it was, a it was a weird experience right at first, mm-hmm. but, and then kind of getting to know them and learning about culture and meeting my grandparents, they came from the Philippines to DC. So I got to meet them during that summer and, you know, spending a couple months with them. It was really cool to start to see that side of this whole other culture right? Because I grew up with my mom. My mom was Irish and uh, Chippewa Indian. So uh, you yeah. know, I've got a very eclectic mix, you know, yeah. actually um, my great grandmother was, you know, born on the reservation uh, in, in Montana. So we actually, when my mom passed away, all of us boys inherited 20 acres each in uh, near in Roosevelt County, Montana. So, uh, so I'm pretty excited about that. We're we want to build a house out there and just have this be kind of a yeah. you know, family vacation property, you know? So uh, that's uh, it's nice that those types of things can get passed down. And of course we'll be able to leave that for, for be able to leave that for my kids. And, uh, and uh, you know, so that's, that's an exciting piece of heritage, you know? So I, you know, I don't know much about the, the Irish side, but like, you know, the native American and the Filipino sides, I know a lot more just from, yeah from the family ties and things like that. But uh, it's definitely cool to, to learn about your culture and, and, and some of the things that people had to, to go through and sacrifice in order to get to where they are, you know, learning about those journeys because 
you know, some of that, that runs in your veins, you know, that runs in your, in your blood and, and uh, you can kind of see that stuff come out in you. Yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. Cause you, you, I mean, knowing you and, and seeing what you're doing with your life now, uh, I understand, you know, how your, how your mom, I can see how she played into that is what I'm trying to say. And yeah. to teach you those things because you don't just do what you do without having a real strong work ethic and a family ethic behind you and a family focus, I should say, um, to do what you do. I mean, you, you've got five children now. Five. Yeah. 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 Believe it or not, we have five, right? So we have three boys and two girls and yeah. our youngest is five months. The next oldest, and these are both boys is four. And then the girls are nine and 12 and our oldest, believe it or not, will be 16 on December the 30th. So, um, so yeah, we've got them kind of all over, all over the spectrum. So if you've got a prop, if you're a parent and you're watching this and you have maybe one child or, or maybe you've got two and you're, and you've got an issue with them, just add a couple more problems and that's what our life's like. So it's yeah. not, you know, it doesn't, you know, having more, some people are like, well, you got more, you got helper. I'm like, well, they kind of help, you know, when they, yeah. you know, when they're, you know, incentivized. Right. I don't think there's not many kids are like, Hey, what can I do to help you out? You know, like it doesn't, <laughs> yeah. it doesn't typically work like that, you know? Um, but that is, that's good wishful thinking. I, I do wish that sometimes though. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, wish that, I wish that would take place. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's for sure. Well, I grew up, I grew up as you did with five in the family. I had four, I had three brothers and a sister. So not quite four brothers like you, but where are you at in, in with your brothers? I'm the second oldest. Second yeah. Oldest. So actually I have a total of six cause my, Oh yeah. Remarried. So I've got yeah. two more. So yeah, total of six brothers. So, Oh man, six brothers. Wow. So that. That, I, I tell you what, it's funny because I just giggle about it because you you and I understand what it's like growing up with six brothers, right? Or with yeah. a bunch of brothers, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Because, yep. you, you know, you grow up with one other brother or another sibling, and that's something. But when you grow up with a troop like that, man, oh. the, the yeah. stuff that you get into when you're under, you know, under the age of like 14, the 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 times, you know, Cause, cause like, I don't know if you, if you guys were into riding bikes and all that kind of stuff or just, just hanging out, playing baseball and stuff oh, like we, that. We, yeah. We, we did a lot of the, you know, on our street, we lived on Russell street and our street, we played a lot of wiffle ball. So we, yeah. you know, set up the bases, you know, the bases and play wiffle ball. We play, you know, football, you know, tackle football in the street because that yeah. was a good idea. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yep. we go when it on Thanksgiving, we just, pouring down rain as it does in Portland six months out yeah. of the year. And we're playing football in the mud. You know, it's just, those are the types yeah. of things that, that, that you do. And, and you don't really, uh, you don't really mind what season it is, you know, cause it's all in, it's always hoodie season, you know, yeah. and, and in Oregon, it's always hoodie season. So, yeah. Yeah. That, that is, it's like 11 months out of the year. Yep. <laughs> so, so did your mom, I mean, so did your mom have a lot of trips to the ER or were you guys pretty, pretty safe? Um, no, she, she definitely, she definitely had a lot of trips to the hospital, man, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah. but not, not from us though, from, from her because of her, 
Oh, no, no. I was talking about the boys. (laughs) No, no, no. Yeah, well, yeah, no, she definitely did. I'm trying to think, and I'm like, yep, that knucklehead fell off the escalator at the mall. Yep, that happened. Okay. I broke my younger brother's leg accidentally when I was, you know, I did that by accident. Um, You know, so there, there definitely were crazy things, especially with boys. It's like, and we watch wrestling. It's like, you know, I mean, we're, yeah. they're almost encouraging us to fight. I almost felt like they were teaching us how to fight, you know. <laughs> so, so it was definitely bound to happen, right? Yeah. yeah. Happen. Well, going back to the fighting thing, my parents actually bought us boxing gloves one, one Christmas. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. It was not good. And, and they remained for a lot of years. And, and nobody had to go to the hospital for that. But I, I always tell people because I and you knowing this with the brothers, you understand it. My mother actually got so comfortable with us breaking a leg. If there wasn't a bone sticking out, she was going to go get cleaned up and get ready before she took us to the emergency room. And I literally saw her do it to my brother one time, broke his arm clean, made him lay it on a lay it on a breadboard and, wow. and taped it down and said, I'm going to go get ready. And you just sat here until I come back. Wow. <laughs> But, you know, yeah, it's it's that's another thing. But it's awesome that the big family that you grew up with. I mean, you got to feel a lot of that now. And it's it's how are yeah. you guys live regionally? Are you yeah, I'm, I'm on the East Coast and, you know, the my four brothers are out in, in Portland still. So yeah. it's it's definitely nice. You know, we go out there, they come out here. And so we yeah. kind of do the, the back and forth. Uh, visiting thing. So we haven't really found like a central place to meet in the middle of the U.S. yet. But, you know, I don't think we really need it. And man, with technology now, like we have played more Yahtzee in 2020 than we did the previous 15 years because we did it virtually. We did it you know, virtually through Zoom. We played family Yahtzee games and we hung out and, you know, we got to laugh. And, you know, I mean, so if you want to be disconnected, you can be disconnected, but if you want to be connected, you can be connected. And so we all have a choice and, and, and listen, I don't knock anyone from not wanting to, you know, wanting to stay disconnected, but um, you know, you just figure out what works for you and your situation and, and then you roll with it. Right. I mean, that's, that's the best any of us can do, especially, you know, we we are in a, a time that has nothing like this has occurred. Right. So it's new for everybody. Everybody's navigating the same water. So I think, you know, once that once we can understand that and you can inject that type of empathy in your business, right, in your relationships, in your passerby moments with with other people, the Mm -hmm. better, you know, because uh, everybody's on the same playing field. Yeah, that's for sure. And now you you over the past couple of years. You, I mean, this year you started a podcast, and we'll talk about that again in a minute. But you really started coming on LinkedIn in force like last uh, 18 months ago, or how long ago when you really started taking off, not taking off, but started putting the effort into LinkedIn. That's yeah. Right. Well, you can just say, Hey, when did you start showing up? Right, Damon? Yeah, that's what it was. I, I wasn't showing up, you know, and yeah, I didn't know that I could, I didn't have the I wasn't, you know, listen, I, I've got a lot of energy and I can teach and uh, I've done all these things, but not, not everybody's always going to crush it the first time they look into a camera and they're speaking, you know, and you're speaking and listen, I yeah. learned that really, really quickly that I needed to work. I needed to get better. At, and, um, you know, so looking back at that and, and then, you know, identifying areas where you've grown, 
I mean, that's what life's all about, right? It's, it's seeing like, Hey, how am I the same as I was last year or am I different? Right. And I think yeah. looking at it, looking at it scale versus it like to today versus tomorrow is definitely, you know, a lot better. You're going to get a lot more realistic view, right? <laughs> because, yeah. you know, day, day to day you can see growth, but year over year you can see, um, can see a lot of exponential growth, but it, it you really took other people, you know, Brian Shulman, I think, uh, you know, yeah. LinkedIn. So he, I mean, that guy is a, a long distance mentor for me. He uh, would hop on a call with me and say, man, why aren't you creating videos? Like you need, people need to hear what you have to say. Yeah. And so he put the confidence in me that was probably there, but I didn't see it. And he was able to extract that. And, and he said, listen, you don't understand you're going to have a bigger brand than me. Like this is, these are the, th these are what words are powerful people. Right. And he plugged yeah. these words into my head and I believed him for some reason. And so I yeah. start showing up and creating and, and I'll be honest, the first video I posted, I did go back every two seconds to see who viewed it. And there was five views. They were all me, Damon. It was, it was me every time <laughs> going back. And I was so worried about the metrics. And then I was like, all right, Jordan, just, just create, just focus on what you can talk about. Right. I don't ever want to go on LinkedIn and try to sell a product or service. I do want to teach. I do want to train and coach and mentor. I want to do all of that. Right. If a transaction or a relationship develops down the road, that's, that's fantastic because that's yeah. what life's all about. Right. Yeah. But I, my intention is to go and talk about an area I have expertise in and try to help somebody right because if i can impact at least one person you know a day and this is something brian uh, shulman really gave me this lens to look through is that was his mission i want to inspire one person a day that's 365 people a year yeah and if you look at it through that and you reach more than one a day then you can just continue to expand and double it and triple it and and so you know when i create started creating content and it would have all these people actually spending their time taking time out of their day to, to thoughtfully comment on something that i did i learned really quickly that i needed to respond and say wow thank you or have a another sidebar conversation because that was what i i learned to love was actually what was happening in the comment section i yeah. was way more invested in that than who actually viewed it or anything like that, because that's where the relationships get built. That's where the conversations uh, can happen. You know, there's a lot yeah. of things that can happen there. Um, and I've learned a lot there too. Like, Hey, someone gave me their opinion. I'm like, wow, I didn't think about it that way. You know, so it's changed my perspective. Mm -hmm. I've also had trolls come on my content and took offense to it. Like I probably should, but I learned that I shouldn't, you know, so we go through all these things and these, points. And so my journey was learning every day, like learning about, all right, I, I put this content out. I asked this question. This was the type of response. This is the type of impact. This is how, you know, and so I, you started kind of looking at that. And then before I knew it, December, this was in April and December rolls around and I had amassed 20,000 followers. And I was so blown away because I was like, man, that's like more than can fit in the Moda Center, the former Rose Garden in Portland, like that's yeah. more. Than, and so when I tried, when I put that and I quantified that, wow. I was humbled and, and honored and blown away. I'm like, where did all these people come from? You know, like 
what what is so interesting about you know this the the content so um and still to this day i'm like man i still don't get it sometimes you know you're, you're like what where where's everybody finding this at right um but it kept growing you know and i decided to launch a podcast and that had so much support and you know you know getting guests from people that i had connected from on linkedin and then having other people introduce me and i remember the early days of the show where i'm really doing a lot of cold calling and dming people on instagram and on linkedin and and then now i have so i have publicists that send me their clients to come on the show and and people yeah. that send me people and and so now it's it's harder to met right so that I've, I've just loved the journey and kind of going through all of this uh because i've grown a lot i know we kind of talked off air but i feel like i've got a phd in so many topics because through the the, the creating my own content and seeing that support is is kind of one end of the spectrum but and then you know creating content with a guest and yeah. having that conversation and and you've heard the show so the whole goal of the show is to take a dive into someone's journey from birth and then fast and you come back to today right because we learn so much from other people's stories and from yeah. their journeys we get we we have that emotional connection to them once we learn that and so when we hear about who they are from a front-facing perspective it's like wow that's awesome too you know <laughs> but it's it's really about who they are you know and, yeah. and so that's what i that's kind of what i love about it, is i get to learn from you know through their journeys and 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 one thing that's unique damon i don't know if you knew this about the show is i don't do any i don't do any scripting i do nothing i literally say all right we're gonna rock and roll and i freestyle the entire interviews are freestyle and my questions are based off their their response yes it triggers what i'm gonna say you see what i'm saying and so yeah um, i love it that way because i love organic yeah. like we're right now we're having this organic yeah. i'm in my basement in atlanta and you're out in the pacific Northwest, yeah. right and I mean, we get to have this conversation organically, and that's really where the magic happens. Exactly. Right? When we're just having a conversation versus, you know, I've had some that I've been a guest on, and I'm like, man, this is an application process here. You know, this is, yeah. this is, a, lot of, this is a lot of work I'm doing to, to get on here. I just thought I, I just wanted the microphone and the headset. You know, that's, that's exactly. what I enjoy, just jumping on, you know. Um, but, I get, but I get it. Everybody's, everybody's yeah. different. I, you got to you know respect the process but i'm just more of a just go with the flow you know freestyle type of guy so yeah yeah that's that's great because man you i i just i just giggle and grin when i hear you talking about your podcast because i i started a long time after you did obviously but it, it but i've had a similar situation experience Every time I meet somebody, even sitting here with you, and we've talked before and other things, and but every time I meet someone, you learn more about them. You get to understand who yeah. they are and what they're about, and you really get that. And man, that just that just gets me so fired up. I want to go and get the next guest on, and I want to talk to them because I want to learn from them, and I want everybody else to see how cool they are and why why they're special and and all that. And it is just a blast. Yeah, no, and I I agree, man, and you know. And then just just learning, right? Because you start to see the things that you want to adopt or plug yeah. into your business. They it starts adding value, and you're like, "Wow, 
what they talked about works, right? So you become an even bigger promoter of the the guests because it's like, wow, you know, they added so much value in this time for me, and I've learned, and now I'm using this information and I'm executing it. You know, I'm applying it to my world, and, and I'm having results with it. You know, yeah. And so that's it's it's such a real it's such a cool process to to be on that journey where you're you're learning as you're as you're having fun at the same time. No doubt, no doubt. So you've been, you know, going, going to, we talked about your podcast and things like that. Now you've been, and this is honestly, that's the only note I wrote down is the one I'm just going to ask about. (laughs) And that's what we started talking about before we get on. You've been in training and people in leadership and other types across a a pretty large organization for a long time now. So yeah. Yeah. I'd love to tell you that, the, that journey, right. Because I, it, it didn't start here, right? It didn't start in leadership yeah. and teaching and training. I actually started uh, as a resident in an apartment building, right? And and people watching this or, or listening to this, if you've ever rented an apartment, right? That was me. I was just me and, and my wife and our six-month-old were renters. And I went to get a package from the leasing office. And uh, I did this often. I would go in and and I would just talk to them just because that's how I am. I just talk to everybody. Yeah. No matter who you are, it's just I think I was when I was born, I just was already talking. You know, <laughs> that's what my mom told me anyway. But uh, so I just would talk to them and they're like, hey, have you ever thought about doing leasing? And I said, what is that? You know, <laughs> and do you offer benefits? You know, and they're like, well, it's just, you know, how we took you on the tour of the apartment and we showed you around and we pointed out these features and these benefits and then we had you fill out the application and uh, and then we called you and let you know you're right. So they just kind of walked through the steps. And I was like, mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, like that's like sales. That's easy. You know, I could do that. So I applied and um, I remember the interview and I remember it very distinctively, Damon, because uh, I got the question that we always get. And it is, you know, where do you see yourself in five years? And yeah, I remember my response is the cocky. 25 year old that I was, was, uh, well, I'd like to have your job. <laughs> and, uh, the guy said, well, you don't even have this one yet. So, you know, don't get your hopes up, but he still hired me. So I guess he saw something, he yeah. saw something in me, right? Maybe, maybe he wished he would have said that in his interview. I don't know, but yeah. uh, he saw something there. And so they did hire me and, uh, I, I picked it up quick, man. I, I got promoted in six months from leasing apartments to becoming an assistant property manager, which I hated that job, Damon. I hated it. I'm not a numbers guy. I'm not a sit at the desk and type all day type of person. I need to be out and and out and about and and communicating. Right. So I get this role and I kid you not, I work my tail off so that I could get promoted as fast as possible. I work so hard, Damon, that I got assistant property manager of the year and I hated every moment of the job. Um, nobody knew, no, nobody knew. Right. I was still smiling when I came to work. Uh, I had a goal. (laughs) And so nine nine months into the role, I get promoted to a property manager, right? This is, you know, 16 months door to door, right? I mean, it doesn't happen in the industry. So, uh, it was crazy and I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't, I got this. I literally thought I was getting fired this day. I got a call. They said, hey, can you come meet us at this community? Uh, it was the regional vice president and the regional manager. I was like, yep. I called my wife. I was like, hey, 
uh, might want to get the newspaper out because I may be getting fired today. <laughs> you know, I, I didn't know what was going to happen. And oh my. there, and it was even more ominous because the person that worked there was not there when I arrived. I was like, oh, yep, I'm done. He's gone. I'm gone. You know, and yeah. they said, hey, take a seat. And they said, hey, you've been doing a really great job. And um, you got, you know, assistant property manager of the year. And we want to promote you to manager. And I was like, seriously? <laughs> so like, yeah, here's the keys and you're going to do great. We'll see you later. And they left. <laughs> and I'm sitting there, call my wife. I'm, she's like, you lost your job. Like, no, like they promoted me. And, you know, and I'm, I'm like, oh. and I'm here and I don't know what I'm doing. I don't, I, they gave me the keys. You know, I'm, I'm here at this place. So I remember getting on the phone and calling people that I managers, I built a relationship yeah. with. I'm like, Hey, um, I'm over here managing this place now. Um, you know, you don't know, no congratulations, Ness. I just need to know what, how to do these reports. Like I need to know how to do this because I did not know, you know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, wasn't, you know, and I think when we're put in those situations, when we're thrown into the wolves, as they say, sometimes that's the best thing that can happen to us, yeah. right? Because it's either you're going to, you're going to leave or you're just going to step up to the plate and you're going to figure things out, you know, yeah. and, and be as resourceful as you can, you know, and, and so I was, that was my first community. It was very unique because uh, it was a one person community. So I was the leaser, the assistant, the manager. Thank goodness. I knew the first two roles. Yes. I, I at least, I at least knew those ones. So I could do that. I was even sometimes had to go and uh, use a plunger because I had yeah. one service technician. So I wore yeah. a lot of hats at that place. And it was such a, was there almost a bit, maybe 10 months I got promoted again to manage two communities. Um, so now I've got, you know, a 189 unit high rise built in 1942. Oh my. And I've got a 50 unit mid rise built in 98 uh, in a very small pool um, that um, you and I would probably cover the whole distance of it standing, standing there, you know, so not yeah. a very big pool. Um, no fitness center, no, um, like no, no washers and dryers. There's, you know what I'm saying? So like very, very basic, you know, sea level kind of uh, places. So I'm managing these two communities and man, I had employees now. That's, that's different, right? That's different yeah. when you're now responsible for other people and, and yeah. managing those and the different personalities. And, and so, you know, that was a big learning experience. I, I, you know, had some uh, associates that I didn't get along with and ones that I, that I did. And, and so you, you go through those experiences and uh, I was there for about eight months and then I got promoted again to manage the very first uh, REIT property, a, a lease up in the state of Virginia. And, uh, and man, when I tell you going from those two communities, one thing I didn't mention is, is there were a lot of, housing assistance program. So I had all these reports. I had like 16 reports I was doing every month. I mean, all these things that, um, as you can probably tell, not, not my strength, right? <laughs> Those things I'm very, very uh, self-aware. That's not what I'm good at. Um, yeah. but I'm doing it right. I am pushing through it. And so I get this promotion. And when I tell you, Damon, the, the community that I went to, it was like a vacation. No one lived there yet. You know, it was brand new. And, and so we, we were just, serving the traffic that would come in and, and, you know, leasing the building up and we leased it up in a record time in in six months, you know, which was, which was crazy. It was the yeah. fastest lease up uh, ever, you know, so I went through that experience and then we end up, um, 
making a, a move. We made a move down to, to Georgia. My wife was, uh, was homesick. And so we moved down to Augusta. And so I actually left the company and uh, found a job down there. I was essentially hired to come put out some fires on a community that was uh, kind of going under and a lot of drugs, a lot of riffraff, a lot of things like that. So I, I got hired. They, they had, you know, local police officers that work with me to yeah. kind of, you know, get some of the stuff out, you know, and, and so that was a crazy experience and, oh, yeah. and you know, going and managing that. And um, there was an incident that actually happened at, you know, three or four in the morning. Uh, there were gunshots, a couple buildings down. We actually lived as part of the agreement. We were living on site and um, we had two kids by this point. Yeah. And, uh, and that was the final straw, man. It was, you know, someone broke in somewhere and shot somebody and the guy got, was paralyzed. And, and so I resigned, you know, and, uh, it was tough. I almost ended up, you know, selling Mercedes. Like that was, you know, I, I had the sales thing. Right. And so yeah. I was looking for work and that was the, the, the thing that was, I literally went through the training, like went through this training and, um, and I was literally on the last day of training. And I remember the guy saying, Hey, um, you know, if you don't get the job here, would, would you have, you know, a thousand dollars to pay if your, if your car broke down tomorrow or something. And I remember I was so cocky. I was like, Oh yeah, I would have that. I would have that money. And I'm driving back from this, <laughs> this thing. And, uh, it was one of those stops where everybody stops and you just don't know what to do. And you try to swerve. And so I swerved and ran into a tree and a fence and, uh, luckily, no injuries, but uh, I had that thousand bucks. I didn't have it anymore because I had to pay a thousand dollars for yeah. for this car, you know. So I was like, man, yeah. I keep my words on this, and and so I was like, maybe that's a bad omen. Maybe I shouldn't be working there. And yeah. so I called the the company back and I said, listen, this is this is what happened. Um, is there any way you can get have a position for me, you know? And they said, don't worry about it. We'll find a spot for you here in Atlanta. So I came, went back to my old company. They had a spot for me. I was now managing the largest community in the portfolio, 558 units, a team of 17, right? So wow. whole different experience managing yeah. a large group of people. And, and during that time, you know, that I was managing that community, things were going well. We were carrying the weight of the market. And then in November of 11, my mom got sick. And, uh, man, that was, that was tough, man. That was a tough time in life. I, you know, thinking back to that time, you know, I had to fly to Portland a lot because I was, you know, even though I'm not the oldest, I was the one that was taking care of things. Yeah. I'm the one that's, you know, been in the, you know, in the workforce, you know, all, all these things. And so I was, it, it kind of all got put on my shoulders. It was a lot to carry on and flying back to Portland and, and back. And, um, uh, so I look back and I'm like, man, you know, I got demoted, you know? Um, because my, I was not performing well. I know I look back and I'm like, well, I know why I wasn't performing well. So, yeah, exactly. um, but you know, those things, those things happen, but, and I look back and I'm like, wow, it was, it was still good because I did need relief. I did need less, you know, I needed less to have to focus on because anyone that's uh, ever had a, a, a parent, you know, who's sick or a relative, it's, yeah. it's a very trying time, especially with my mom. I was so close to her. We'd talk. Yeah twice a day, you know, so yeah. to not be able to talk to her was like foreign, you know, it didn't, it yeah. was, it was not real. So, so that was, that was a, a tough experience. And, you know, she passed away, man. I remember feeling like, 
I hit rock bottom. Like I, yeah. my life was over. Like, what was I going to do? I don't have mom. You know, I remember yeah. feeling those emotions and, you know, a handful of months later, a job opens up for a train learning and development manager. And it's the same company, but in DC, it's going to bring us back to the DC area. So I apply for it and I didn't think I was going to get it. You know, there's other candidates that were have college degrees. I don't. So oh, more qualified, you know, should probably have the role. And somehow I end up getting this, this role. And now I'm, you know, in the corporate environment that I've been in for the last eight years. And, and, uh, and so I get the opportunity to build training content and facilitate training. And I teach a six month leadership program that's predicated on MBTI. And we dive into strengths based leadership and emotional intelligence, change management, conflict resolution, you know, how to manage high performing teams. So I get to take people on a six month journey and they have coaching sessions with me every single yeah. month. Yeah. Um, and, you know, to hear people say that, that their life has changed at the end of it. I mean, there's, there's nothing better. There's no better feeling than to be able to have a transformative impact on someone, you know? Oh, yeah. and, and so, you know, I get so much out of that. And so I think, you know, that program really helped me really help make LinkedIn a little easier because I was used to doing that in front of an audience speaking in, in eight hours, eight hour sessions, you know? Um, so I was like, man, why can't, why am I so afraid to do this one minute clip, but I can sit there and speak for eight hours in front yeah. of, you know, 20 people. What's wrong? What's happening? Yeah. here? You know, but listen, it's a different type of speaking, you know, it's, it's different. So, but, uh, but it's, it's, you know, we all go through those journeys, man. We all go through, um, you know, experiences. And, and I can tell you that, um, you know, in Japan, they say teaching is learning twice. And so I feel like every time I'm teaching, I'm learning again and that the content's becoming fresh in, in my mind, you know, and, and I get to keep carrying that on, but also we get to transfer that information to somebody else that will hopefully transfer it over to somebody else. Right. And so it just keeps, it keeps multiplying, multiplying. That's sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's cool. It's cool to hear, hear, hear your journey and how you came you know, because because it is it's about as we talked about with your mother, excuse me, that that work ethic that and that, you know, just going out and getting it done that she you watched her do. That's what you've done. Yeah. And that's so cool. Yeah. I mean, it's so cool to see yeah. you do it. And then and then to see how how it's evolved too. even when you think about when she was get, when she was ill and, and that and how it how it in your career wise it set you back but it probably grounded you and really opened the opportunity that was there for you for the last eight years yeah you probably wouldn't even thought about going to that other opportunity had you not had had all the things not happened when your when your mother was ill and you wouldn't have been in the situation to to take the the job that you have now yeah yeah man Every, everything definitely happens for for a reason right man it's scary isn't it yeah, you know, it's so crazy too because, you know, going, having the show, right, is you become a lot more open, right, with people. You become more vulnerable. And so you start to share your stories and your experiences with people. And, and man, that's been a big unlock as well, just kind of, you know, because I've had some, you know, pivotal moments in my life when I was yeah. younger. And, you know, those experiences, when, when I look back and look at what the value of those experiences are, well, they're only valuable if I share, 
they're only valuable if people can hear them and hear what the experiences were like, right? So I've learned that I need to, I'm actually, uh, you know, harming <laughs> the situation by not sharing it with other people. You know, it's almost not giving it um, uh, what it needs to actually have, you know, because people find strength in it. You know, I mean, we're in a, we're in a day and age where there's so much, uh, so many bad things that are happening, but uh, this isn't the first time that these things have occurred, right? These things have been, you know, happening forever. We're just in a, a day and age where the information is accessible a lot quicker yeah. <laughs> so at your, at your fingertips. So, yeah. um, so yeah, man, I've found a lot of power in that, but all, but that also, you know, has had a lot of people that reach out. They're like, wow, thank you for sharing that. Like I've went through something like this. Right. And then that yeah. opens up conversation and dialogue and you end up helping someone or they end up helping you. Right. Uh, yeah. So, so it's, it's just amazing when, when you actually start to, to share more about who you are versus less, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that is, it is. I tell you that, uh, you, you just said it's only valuable if you share it and, and your experiences. And I, I wrote that down and I'll tell you, if I get one thing from the podcast, people always see me, I'm sitting here writing like this, you know, why well, I, I, I started journaling this year. And I, I thought That's if awesome. you would have talked to me two years ago and said, hey, you're going to be journaling, you're going to be, you know, <laughs> you're going to be visualizing and, next, you know, you're going to have this morning routine you're doing. I would have said you're full of shit. But <laughs> now that I've done that, I, I listen to, to what you're saying and I listen to, to the things that come out of you and, and it resonates so much. You're exactly right, man. You have to you have to let that out because even the bad that you that you've experienced. Yeah is valuable to someone else. Yeah, hundred percent. It just is. And uh well we got Robert Murray here from from uh, Alaska man. The hey dude, Robert, how are you? Yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. But you know it's it's incredible to get to sit down and talk to you. It really is. I, I just love it. I love the honor is fine, man. I know we've been on some like calls where there's been multiple people on yeah. the screen but never a uh you know one-on-one -on -one face to face so yeah, yeah. definitely been, been awesome yeah. it's good stuff good stuff man well the next time i'm in atlanta after this junk's over uh we'll definitely definitely get together man uh Absolutely. we've got uh a little bit a, a little bit of business to take care of so what do you think the seahawks how they're going to end up this year man so looking at the rest of our schedule um, I don't see, I don't see too many more losses. So, um, I mean, I definitely, you know, I would, I would love to, you know, have the buy. That would be, that'd be ideal. Right. Yeah. Like to, yeah. to have that, that'd be reminiscent of the Super Bowl year. So, yeah. um, and in the year after, so that, that'd be awesome. But, um, of course playoffs, I mean, that's, you know, <laughs> you definitely want to strive for that, but listen, I mean, the team has just been, been executing. I mean, you look at that game you look at all the uh, the history that was that was made in it between Jamal Adams and his yeah. and the sacks that he's done, missing a couple games, and you know Russ has just been cooking, right? So you yeah. see all these things, and things are starting to come together at the best time. Yeah. We've got Dunlap coming back. We've got Rashad Penny coming back yeah. for the first time this year. You know, so th there's just a lot of pieces that are moving. You know, Tyler Lockett is slowly approaching a thousand yards, which is yeah. going to be the second guy and between Hyde and Carson and then getting a younger, fresh, fresh legged Rashad Penny. I mean, yeah. 
we're looking good. And our tight end guys are looking good with the exception of, of Olsen. That's just unfortunate what happened to him. But, yeah. but, but man, you know, I, I'm always willing to, uh, to talk Seattle Seahawks football. So yeah, yeah, it's good <laughs> stuff, man. And, and, uh, uh, I always like to bring that in the end, you know, because Ira's the the Oakland Raiders fan, which I gotta say, Oakland is doing well. Uh, Oakland, they've uh, got it. You know what? You know what? Their tight ends looking really great. You know, uh, Darren and you know, uh, and Carr's playing well. You know, Rugs. Yeah. You know, I mean, they've got some good. They've got some talent there. You know, and they do have a a guy at the helms that has been known to <laughs> to do some good coaching in John Gruden. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, they've got some good pieces in, in play. So yeah, yeah, it's good stuff. Well, Jordan, thanks so much for getting on today. And, you know, it's just been a pleasure to talk to you and 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 really let you share who you are a bit more and and the you know your story, man. It's it's awesome. I, I'm always inspired by your stuff. Love listening to your podcast. If if people are now get you know blaze your own trail podcast. If you hadn't checked it out, man, get on listen. Uh, you, you'll you won't be disappointed. Appreciate um, that, man. Yeah, season three is is going to be released soon. The first five episodes will be available soon, so I'll probably post some content uh, on all social media platforms. So, um, thank you so much for having me, man. This has been uh, great coming on, and I'll have to get you on my show. Oh, that'd be awesome! You just tell me when I'll be yeah. there. All, all right, right, man. All right, man. Thanks everyone for joining us. Thanks again, Jordan, and we'll be back on Thursday. Thanks, everybody.